welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Secret of Mana Part 2 for the Super Nintendo. Welcome to part two of our Secret of Manuary coverage. As we mentioned last week, we are mixing things up a little bit so that we are not just doing a couple weeks of level by level in a row. Last week, we talked about the release date and early history of the game and how it was produced. And this week, we will get further into the game, maybe even starting some level by level. But first, I did want to talk about the history of this game just a little bit more. I'm not sure if you knew this, Nick, but this game was set to be released for the Super Nintendo CD-ROM. I, I did know that, actually. It's uh, pretty interesting stuff. Yes, and this was the fabled add-on that Sony was working on with Nintendo. Yeah. And their inability to complete this project is why Sony developed the PlayStation on their own. Yeah, they kind of got screwed there by the big N. They did, and uh, as we all know, Nintendo shot themselves squarely in the foot with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost, I think, two generations because of that mistake. And the fact that they weren't able to release that add-on also not uh, only affected this game, but Square's eventual standing with them. A lot of people say that this is the reason they moved on to development for the PlayStation. Well, there's just not a lot of room in cartridges or as at the time, you know, for especially RPGs. Uh, correct. And when the team uh, working on this game found out it was going to be ported to a cartridge instead of a disc, they were against it. They, they said there's no way this could happen, and they were going to scrap the project, but they were forced to change it against their wishes. Ooh. And as you said, there's not as much room. They had to cut as much as 40% of the game. I believe it. Um, it. When I learned that years after playing the game, it kind of answered some questions I had that uh, you know I'm sure we'll get into as the games go. You're like, oh, okay. I see yeah, what well, happened. Apparently, this game had multiple paths through the game and multiple endings. I mean, I, I, I can see that. You know, you... you start off in an area that suggests that in the game kind of and then it thins out as the game goes kind of definitely now in addition to the game being shortened to fit on this uh, cartridge they were also under time constraints with the localization as well oh yeah this is a, a ted woolsey joint right yeah yes you do know uh he translated he only had 30 days to do so that's rough. Indeed it is. Now, Ted Woosley, as uh, apparently you know, but I'm not as familiar with, beloved or not so beloved in the community for his early work in a lot of translations. Yeah, uh, we have him to thank for Spoonie Bard, right? Yes. And he was a student who was majoring in Japanese literature. I think he got his master's degree. And as he was pursuing his doctorate, he decided to quit school because Square hired him to do localization on Final Fantasy 3. Right on. Uh, he then moved on to this. He did Chrono Trigger. He also translated Super Mario RPG. Yeah, he's done a lot, almost all of the RPGs I played as a, as a kid. It's like, oh, it was him. And then after that, he moved into management. Uh, and I think to this day, he, he moved around and finally works for Xbox somewhere in their acquisitions or online thing. Cool. 
But the biggest problem for him also had to do with the fact that they were on a cartridge and not on a disc. And that is a problem, you know, we haven't talked about much, but is often ran into with these older games when they would translate them, that Japanese text takes up less space than English text. Yeah, a lot less. And especially when you have text-heavy RPGs, it just makes them so much larger in English. Yeah, so it's a big challenge. And he said the hardest part for him not only was the time crunch, but just having to take paragraphs and turn them into just mere sentences. Sure, sure. But hey, you know, I think uh, at least as far as this game's concerned, you did, did a pretty good job. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, it is a little sparse, but you're never like taken out of the game by anything that's said. Sure. I mean, it can go the opposite direction where in plenty of RPGs, you know, even later ones where I'm just like, what are you just rambling on about these like platitudes to where it's just like, what you're, you're not really saying anything anymore. I'd rather keep it short and sweet, you know? Yeah, sometimes short and sweet is the way to go. Well, folks, here we are, earlier than usual in an episode, at our general chat portion. And I would just like to start by saying that this might be the perfect gateway RPG system for maybe new people to the RPG world or children. Uh, yeah, it's it very well could be the best. It's not super deep, but it's extremely easy to use, very understandable, and I think it lays a good foundation on what you need to know for more in-depth role-playing game systems. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you have, you know, the rings, each ring is a specific type of thing you go through. There's not an endless array of menus you have to dig down between. And that the magics are based on threes. They're very easy to understand what what new magics are going to do and what everyone in the party's role is. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's interesting because there's a lot about this game. You know, when I saw it and got it, I kind of expected it to be closer to Zelda, but it's it's almost just an RPG with the, you know, even the fighting, it feels almost turn-based at times. Like it's, it's almost deceitful in that way. Oh yeah. It is very much uh bordering on action RPG with the border closer to the RPG side of the coin. Certainly you've got your, you know, the, the timing with your attack where you have to wait for the meter or to go back up to a hundred percent. And that and then, is a weird thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly what it, upsides are you know what i mean like i i know i personally would have rather just been able to just slash away you know mm -hmm. it, i it can does. understand the timing aspect uh by making you have that more tactical side of how we are going to fight but it just becomes confusing at a point because when you all three characters are attacking having that timing right to where you're going to all do damage is very hard to discern yeah and because the enemies you know i'm guessing have some sorts of like invincibility frames you know and there's the way the damage delay works to where it can you know you can hit something and it'll be down but or or you know say with the spells where you can start stacking damage up and I'm not. Exactly, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how that works with all three people fighting. Yeah, so. because sometimes when you're hitting something and the other person goes to hit it, they just don't hit it at all because you've already hit it. But there is a minute difference in timing to where it still looks like they've been hit and they're still stunned, but then the next hit can land on them. Yeah, yeah. And I have so, no idea when that happens. It's, it's tough to figure out, you know, because, again, a lot of the stuff that happens in this game is kind of kept under the hood. Like, you can automatically miss even if you, you know, you're standing right next to them and you swing your sword or whatever. And 
just nothing happens and you might be like what what the hell just went on but it's like you missed you know sometimes you'll see a dodge animation especially for your characters yeah and that's another interesting fact is that when your defense goes up you dodge a lot and you're not even like trying to it's just an automatic thing that happens with your character yeah so it's like that serves to further make it just feel more like an rpg <laughs> like straight mm-hmm. up and the way you use you know you're still you're stopping the gameplay to use your magic or items and stuff really slides it you know it's right up there like an rpg like honestly other than when you're just fighting enemies <laughs> like you would be in a an old dragon quest game or something where it's jamming down attack on everybody it feels more fun here agreed i, I kind of wish there was like a mode where you could play it kind of like a, an, an ease game sure yeah yeah where you didn't control anyone's attacks uh, directly like the swings of swords or whatever you only controlled movement and magic yeah because i feel like their timing the computer's timing would be better than mine yeah yeah you know the hits and the dodges are all done by stats and not by my skill then you know what difference does it make if i'm controlling when i press the button to attack or just letting him go whenever i want it to right right i think that this stuff too is kind of exacerbated by the backgrounds because you could just take any of the, you know, gorgeous, by the way, but all, all of the backgrounds and terrain, like you could see that in any Final Fantasy game and it, it would just be fine. Mm-hmm. But if you imagine trying to adventure that in Zelda, you're like, well, this is very one pathy. You know, there's not a lot of room to move around typically. So let's talk about that, because in the beginning of the game, you kind of are given a small little world to go between where there are different paths to get through a bunch of different towns and villages all over yeah all of your early destinations are interconnected in a way that feels like zelda yes uh and you know if you owned this game you've probably played this portion of the game multiple times because when you start you've got to go through this area and i have that area memorized sure yeah yeah in fact that's kind of my sticking point with replaying this game is i you're stuck there for so long yeah yeah but the fact that it is all interconnected is pretty cool and the thing that makes it i think a little different than say the zelda franchise is that it does feel like it's more of a broken up world not just a one big chunk a square that you're just going from space to space in yeah that's true it's just disappointing that after you leave that initial area every other place is pretty much just a straight line you walk through yeah and they're like independent little like islands of content that you you go to you get your stuff you leave you might have to come back but they typically don't really lead you anywhere else there's there's not much exploration to be done yeah and it makes the second part of the game really fly by compared to the first part yeah and that's where later when i learned about the canceled cd-rom attachment for the super nintendo i was like oh that's why because not just the spirits you get to cast magic but even your weapon orbs like at the beginning they're kind of parsed out yes uh kind of scarcely but then it's like you just Sometimes I, you go immediately from getting a new spirit to just getting another one. And you're like, I haven't even used the first one yet. Or you'll beat a boss and it'll dump like three weapon orbs on you. And I'm like, like, could I don't know. It just feels like, you know, they, they ran out of space. They're like, originally, these were all going to be spread out and found. But mm-hmm. nope, we just we had to dump them all in. Now, let's talk about these weapon orbs, because I don't know about you, but about halfway through the game, I realize. They keep getting more expensive, and I am never going to use half those weapons. So I just stop upgrading entirely. Oh yeah. Or do I, you go? Do you go through and upgrade every one of them? I, I do upgrade them, but I don't always level them up. Or I, at least I didn't this time. They, I, I had them. 
You know, when you say level them up, you mean like for the character that uses them. Yes. They're a charge attack. Yes. I always get them forged up. Okay. Even though it becomes ridiculously expensive. I, man, I was drowning in money this whole game. So at no point could I never afford all of the best stuff. So I, I just always upgraded. But I was a little more studious about killing every enemy I encountered as opposed mm. to just running through dungeons like uh, I used to. I'm a little bit of both. There are certain enemies at certain times where they're just not worth it. But for the most part, I tried to finish them all. Fair enough. Now, let me ask you this. How often do you use the charge on a weapon? Uh, almost never. Um, <laughs> and is that I, because sometimes they don't hit and it's a total waste of your time? Or is it because that annoying overrides the music of the game? It's a little bit of both, I think. You know, again, it's it's like if to compare to Zelda, you know, you don't really have a charge attack, but you do have that spin slash, which I can aim. These things, you know, they look cool, and but they, they tend to get increasingly complex as you charge up to higher and higher levels to where. Yeah. And the enemies are moving around. So and, and I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going to end up. So it just it doesn't really seem necessary or worth it unless you're fighting a boss. And I right. usually just spelled them to death. So and that's the biggest problem is that. You know, you've spent, you know, 30 seconds charging this thing up to level five. And then if you you whiff, if you don't hit that enemy, like it was just all for nothing. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's maddening, you know, I, I, but there are I mean, there is the final boss. There's a couple I think maybe an early boss I would actually charge with because sometimes you're just not it's just not going to do enough damage if you mm-hmm. or if the but... boss is moved to an area you can't hit it with your normal attack and you just are standing there you know there's no yeah. reason not to uh the other big problem with the charging for me was that you move so incredibly slow when you're charging that i really only do it to annoy my daughter <laughs> it drives her nuts so sometimes i'll just do that for a little fun of my own uh, but i do have a bad habit especially when i was younger i would always be charging like when i'm waiting to encounter a new enemy I, I know what you mean. It's a kind of a reflex uh, that it's I had. Kind of from... like the Mega Man charge reflex, charge yeah, shot. But... but as I played this one more and more, I realized it was rarely useful. And the amount of times you can hit something normally at 100% usually does more damage than the long, slow buildup of waiting for that level three, four, or five. Yeah, precisely. That's it's It just didn't seem worth it unless you're fighting a boss, you know? Entirely. Now, you brought this up earlier, and I do want to talk about that. And that is what I would call the magic spamming trick oh yeah you can I mean, uh, you brought it up as timing but i'm not nearly as good as it as i was when i was young i it took me a little bit to kind of figure out what i was looking for because there are some tricks where you know if you're trying to rapid cast a bunch of spells with the sprite mm-hmm. you don't want which to is be what sp- we're talking about the, yeah. when we t- say like a uh, spamming magic yeah yeah uh, you you don't want to be the sprite you using your x button to open the menu like you can't do it if it's if you're casting it mm-hmm. yourself so and generally i found that with the exception of a few spells that like there's one salamando that shoots out the fireballs the three of them like you'll have to wait for that whole animation yeah. to end but most spells as soon as the spirit disappears you can just hit x again okay and then after the hours of grinding i did i was able to do it without even looking almost like this weird rhythm so <laughs> nice. i just sat listening to a podcast and be like oh i'm out of out of points now gotta go refill and the reason you would do this is because if you do this in the correct timing basically the enemy will never get a chance to react and you will use all of your spells in a row and then it will add that damage up and hit it all at once 
Yeah, I'm not sure if if you do enough damage after a point, you know, it will just cap out the damage shown at 999. But I don't know if it keeps going after that and it doesn't display it. I was always kind of uh, superstitious. So I would kind of keep a mental tally, be like, all right, I can cast three of these, stop, let it hit, and then bust it again because you essentially have the bosses uh, stun locked. So, yeah. And if you do have a boss that doesn't move around a lot or disappear or have some sort of defense power against magic, that's really like the, the best way of getting through a boss if you want to do it quickly and easily. Yeah, for sure. It I, Bosses were the easy parts for me. Now, as far as the items in the game go, I'm, you know, of two minds about it. One, this is a simpler RPG, so I understand why they kept it uh, as they did. But, my pro- by, but what I don't like is that the defensive items, you know, all of your armor is just <laughs> so linear. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's sadly, that's kind of an RPG convention still up until this point. So it was like, well, I, I, I mean, not- I... I understand why they do it, but it's just really frustrating when it's like you go from one town to another in 10 minutes and you're like, oh, I could have not even gotten any of this armor and saved myself the time and the money. Sure, sure. And and you don't find a whole lot of it either. So it, it is pretty much all purchased. Yes. Now, going back to the magic here, we talked about the sprites magic. But let's talk for a second about the girls magic. Okay. And... I do mean just a second, because if you're like me, you use her healing spell about 99% of the time. Yeah, yeah. And any of her other magic is pretty much just icing on the cake. In my previous playthroughs, I, I would level up the water magic to get the healing spell, but and the other ones, not so much. But this time, I really wanted to mess with them, so I did. And uh, we have as uh, a lot of, we have leveled them up a lot as well, and... You know, the results are a little bit mixed. What do you think? I mean, the thing is, is if you're using the sprite to kill the bosses, then again, with a few exceptions, you don't really need the girls. You know, most of her weapons are or spells are buffs that, you know, you get an elemental attribute added to your weaponry. Mm -hmm. And those are great. Yeah, especially when there's certain bosses that are hard to hit with magic often. Yeah, and... When you're grinding for magic in this game, it's like you have to keep casting them over and over. And you want to be careful with the girl because, you know, if you're in a town or any scene where you can't see your character's weapons, you know, obviously it won't let you cast sprite spells, but it'll still let you cast the girl's spells, but they will only increase half as fast. Right. So that's something to watch out for. That's why you go to the Wind Temple. That is the secret benefit of the Wind Temple. Weapons are out and you get free refills of magic points it's pretty sweet however doing so i would always grind with what you know whatever spell so the duration really goes up on a lot of her spells as they level up to the point yeah. where like that's I the was, thing i found really amazing I, I would level up you know just casting like flame saber over and over and over on the sprite and then I, it would be like a half hour later before it finally went away where i was like holy cow like i can't believe this is still here in fact it worked against me in the I, in the final boss because Prior to going to that entire final level, right, I was leveling up her magic, and one of the spells is the wall spell that reflects off magic. So (laughs) unbeknownst to me, I started going through the final dungeon with my sprite who was like, no, you can't heal me with magic because it bounces off. And it wasn't until three quarters of the way through the final boss fight that it finally went away. Wow. I was I, I was almost out of like chocolate and candy. I just kept using items on her because I was like, ah, crap. That is pretty interesting. So there is that benefit for it, but I just think that 
the way that this system works, it's very similar uh, to the one used in the the Japanese uh, NES Final Fantasy II, which I, I recently played through earlier this year, and it's it just doesn't work if you don't have a ton of magic points because you can't just screw around and cast spells all the time for fun, you know? Right. And here you have a very limited amount of magic for the most most of the game, so it's I, I don't know. It just maybe it's just me, and it goes against my skin flinty feelings or i i don't know i it, it ends up being very grindy and i don't know that it's necessary agreed and i did i did want to point out that uh my next note was leveling the magic is annoying like it seems like a great idea that the more you use it the more it will level but in yeah. practice it just means you're just wasting time doing it so much yeah it's it's a lot a lot of other games have used this system but different or slightly tweaked and maybe it works better in some than others but uh, here if you were just running around with infinite magic points or even like a hundred you know because these spells take anywhere from two to four to eight and that yeah. doesn't sound like much here but when you only have 10 mp well yeah, not- or if the <laughs> refill items for magic were cheaper or you yeah. could hold more than four any of these things would make that a better system but the way it works now it basically means you save your offensive magic for boss fights and for the sprite and the girl is healing and you never get to use 90% of her spells. Sadly, again, the sprite is so strong, they're they're not even really necessary. So it's kind of rough. So we've talked a little bit about the systems of the game, our magic and whatnot. Now let's really get into the area that we can gush about nonstop. And that will be, I think for both of us, the music and the graphics. Oh, yeah. But let's start with the music. It is great. Yeah, uh, this game has some really lush music like you know especially at the beginning with this like foresty guitar i I don't even have the uh, the vocabulary to express it but this this game has a very unique and memorable soundtrack yeah i'm gonna go into the um basis of that soundtrack a little more next week when i talk about uh the musical director of the game okay but you know this game does a great job of separating areas with sound you, yeah, yeah. You do get a lot of different, like, I don't know, tunes as you move into different areas. And some of them are just so rich. I mean, the Dwarven Town song. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the town songs are just so, like, fun and, like, happy. Like, you cannot help but smile when you hear them. And this game really has some pretty relaxing tunes as well. Like, mm-hmm. in a weird way that, you know, it doesn't, like, mess with the game at all. But it's, it's I don't know, it, it works in, in, a, in a strange kind of way. And even the ominous and spooky songs aren't, like, hitting you over the head. They're just more of, like, a mood setter. Sure, sure. I feel like if this music was too like badass sounding, it would it wouldn't fit with the rest of the game. No, not at all. And the sound effects are in that same realm. They're not realistic. They're more on the cartoony side, Mm -hmm. but they definitely fit with what you're seeing. Yeah. And what you're seeing is some of the most gorgeous sprite work on the Super Nintendo. There's some really good stuff. And, you know, for the most part, pretty well animated. The three characters, definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, their dodges, rolls, the fact that they have different animations for every single weapon is pretty amazing. Man, it really makes you wonder if they had a disc disc system, you know, what what could we what would this have really look like? It is hard to say. Now, along the lines of the graphics, I do want to talk about the fact that, you know, the problem with many RPGs is that for a large portion of them, you're just going to be murdering innocent creatures that are out in the world in front of you or in your path. Sure. 
this game takes it to a whole nother level though because so many of these creatures are adorable oh definitely <laughs> like from the very beginning with rabbites and you're like what this is a cute little gumdrop i don't want to kill this it was the biggest uh stumbling block for my daughter as she went through this game every time we saw a new enemy she'd be like oh my god it's so cute and i have to remind her that we had to slay it yeah well you know it really speaks a lot to the quality of this game that you know a young 13 year old nick hardcore edge lord you know i I really like this game despite the cuteness of his graphics. There are plenty of games that I was like, nope. Like when Kirby came out, I was like, no, I've the, the graphic styles I felt pandered to me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, right. you're a little kid, so blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I missed out on a lot of good things because of it. And but here, you know, it, it still won through even in the prime of my cynicism. Yeah. And, you know, this game does repeat a lot of things graphically. You know, they'll be using the same trees in many areas. And, you know, your temples all have the same architecture and whatnot. But I do feel like the various levels, the different towns, and even the inner workings of the different palaces, you know, have enough really unique backgrounds and flavor that do make you feel like you have been all over this world. Yeah, I love the the backgrounds even more so than the characters I love in this game. Like when you're when you're in that initial forest, you, you can see some of my favorite waterfalls ever. They look so cool and kind of detailed. The way they do the water in this game is top notch. And like you said, you know, this first area is a little more detailed than the rest of the game, but it's amazing that they use so many different sprites in the grasslands alone, from different types of flowers to vegetation to different shades of grassing. Yeah. It makes it look like a really cool lived in world and not just a flat plain you're running across. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of mentioned it earlier about how this really does have more RPG style versus action RPG style levels and maps but i mean they look really good and it really gives you a kind of a different perspective than in a in a standard rpg where you're in the overworld walking around then you go into the town and it zooms kind it kind of zooms in you know your perspective mm -hmm. it feels like it's in the town zoom for the whole game yeah so it's much closer up and more detail and stuff that i really like it it looks good and it makes the world feel a little more epic, I think, having, you know, that closeness with the scale of the world and the fidelity of everything you're looking at. Yeah. Now, one of the slight downsides, I think we touched on this a little bit last week, is as far as controls go, as great as the ring system is and, you know, that you can bop back and forth between the three characters, mm -hmm. like the hitboxes, man, they're... Uh, that's another reason I was like, man, I'll just stick with the sprite for bosses because I don't know where I'm going or hitting sometimes. Yeah, just I don't know if that's a problem with the hitboxes or sometimes it feels like maybe it's my level. Maybe it's some of that hidden math we're not seeing where yeah. my defense, their attacks, I'm like, am I hitting it or am I just whiffing because it's defense's uh, save was too good this time. It's almost impossible to tell, sadly. Yeah, and, th and in a way that kind of makes it worse because... You know, I don't know what's going on, and it makes you feel out of control. You're just like, well, I, I tried to hit it, and nothing happened. I don't know why, so I can't learn from it. Yeah, and that's really obvious early in the game when your defense is really low, or in your attack is really low. Sometimes you're just swinging the sword, and, you know, you can't ever tell if, like, am I not doing this correctly, or am I just so bad with my stats yeah. that I'm not hitting these creatures or bosses? If I could get a Final Fantasy-style little, like, miss to yeah. pop up when you, you know, or, or zero to be like, you're not hurting it or something's wrong or I don't know. But again, it's a minor thing. I will say one thing I love about the controls in this game is that you can change um, them. Well, well, yes, which is always brilliant, but 
I like that you can push enemies around yes. and herd them. Like, like that's my favorite thing to do is yeah. to group them together and then just give them the beat down. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one ingredient of like a almost River City Ransom style stew. I wish I could, you know, like I wish I could knock things around or into them. I love it. I can't help it. Uh, you know, we never did mention in the gameplay version the fact that you get a flying creature at some point. Oh, that's true. Um, you know, we briefly mentioned it, but that that's your main method of getting from area to area For pretty the, quickly. Yeah. And the problem there is that it is mode seven is all get out and can be a bit confusing. Well, it can be very confusing because they don't have any of the names no. on, on this map. And people will say, well, go to this place. And it's like, I have never seen this map because I've been down on the ground walking around. I don't know where it is in relationship to me or what it looks like. But Nick, when you're in the air, you can hit start and look at a map. Doesn't that solve all your problems? Uh, well, is that <laughs> not really because that map is a sphere and it doesn't help me at all. Well, I forgot about that, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> you know, to their credit is that little spoilers here. This came with a big, beautiful manual and it and also a big, came and a map. Yes. A map. I can remember having to use that actual map to navigate this game. Yeah, because it's labeled. It's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. What's the purpose of having a map with, you know, it's just like, yeah, figure it out yourself. Yeah, I don't know what Southtown looks like from the sky pixelated at a 45 degree angle. And there are, there is one area at the end where I, I was totally baffled. I, you know, I, I started looking up these FAQs and different things. And I eventually had to turn to YouTube to be like, how am I supposed to get to this next level? I thought I was in the right place. I don't know where I'm going. And I was. And it's just like, apparently when you land, you have to be right on this little unmarked part or i don't know like a, like a pixel of grass sometimes <laughs> i guess yeah it's uh it's strange but it, that was much later and i don't know it'll be interesting I'll, I'll see if that snags you too but uh what did you think about the uh the difficulty of this game well, so far you know in my mind i remembered it being kind of difficult mm -hmm. but this time i leveled up right. instead of just trying to run through the entire game so if you spend i would say I don't know, half an hour leveling twice, then this game is not hard at all. Yeah. I mean, I know I leveled up excessively, but I didn't need to grind. Or you know what I mean? I was never leveling up my actual experience levels. It was always the spells. Well, I would grind a little bit because playing with my daughter, sometimes we would just run through areas. Sure, sure. And I would have to go back at night and I was like, well, I think we should probably be higher level than we are. Uh, right, right. Well, I can I can definitely say that towards the end, or at least in the final level, like where I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely why I didn't beat it, where I was way underpowered. And, and the, the, there's a significant jump in monster strength when you go there. Right. But one thing, you know, again, with the, the grinding, or like I said, I'm like, I always killed all the enemies, because when you're going through a dungeon and your characters level up, they get all their hit points back. So that is it, a like, huge bonus. So I was always like chasing that where I was like, ooh, do I do I need to heal or can I just push through? Oh, yeah, I'm always checking that as well. Um, the other thing, you know, about the leveling is, is we live in the modern age. So now you can play this handheld. You can have a, something mm -hmm. else on. And with the benefit that your characters fight without your help, leveling is not a chore. <laughs> it just takes up time. No. Well, and that's the crazy part is it's like if it if this game didn't have the magic and weapon system that it did then it would be like, I wouldn't care about leveling it. That, that would be fun. But since they have that, you know, you got to just keep over and over and over casting the same spell until when you get to like the, your, your higher levels of spells, you know, you're 
casting one spell 30, 40 times just to level it up one level. It's not fun, man. No. But, you know, it it can keep you going because despite the cartoonishness of the characters, like, this game actually kind of surprised me with its, like, the seriousness. And, again, with the minimalism of the localization, it really just kind of, like, it, it brushes over the, some pretty heavy things. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, with, with this kind of understated darkness to it that uh, I actually really liked. My daughter is very invested in the story of this game. Again, it, it's it's pretty interesting. More so than I remembered, you know, coming back where I was like, oh, wow, I didn't really think about this. There's definitely a little more nuance in the story than you would have in a lot of uh, what we would consider beginner RPGs. Yeah, yeah. Or or any game that looks this cute, you'd be like, well, that's not going to, I don't know. But it does. It goes there. It does go there. And the final thing I want to talk about was what I considered one of the most amazing places that went. And that is, spoiler alert, that they bring Santa Claus into the story <laughs> of this game. As not only a character, but a boss you must fight. Yes, it's uh, it's strange. Um, not only is it strange, it's something that has stuck with me for since I the first time I played this game. And whenever I think about this game, I can't help but think about how hilarious it is that at some point you must fight Santa Claus. <laughs> See, this was something that I, I filed in the, the other side where I was like, I really like this game despite Santa Claus. Like, I it drove me nuts when I was a kid where I was like, what? Like, I hated... Well, I still do kind of hate any time, especially in RPGs, where they like to sneak it in at the end, where they're like, oh, by the way, guess what? This was Earth all along. And I'm like, oh, great. Right. I don't know. It just makes me so mad. And so I was like, Santa Claus? Like, what is this doing here? But it's it's brief, and it, it's kind of goofy and funny, you know, where he's like, people stopped believing in me, so I turned evil or whatever. Yeah, he turned into like some sort of ice golem. Uh, I can't yeah. wait to get to that part of the story. Yeah, it's that's something that, again, like I said, I strongly disliked my first time through. But now I was like, no, it's it's cute. It's funny. I get it. What a what an odd choice. But I do. I do love every bit of it. Well, folks, this is it. The portion of this show and the next few shows where we will take this game not level by level, but town by town and area by area. We're not going to go into every conversation you have with each shopkeep, even though it is interesting that they're all dancing and twirling for your amusement. <laughs> they're busy fellas. They are. But we're going to go over the high points of the story, maybe the low points, and definitely hit every one of these interesting boss fights. We're also going to talk about the magics you get along the way. But like so many role-playing games, the game begins with you as a young peasant farm boy. <laughs> Simpleton, take your pick. Yeah. Out and about, strolling through the forest when, oh no, you come across a, a sword, a magic trinket, or an item. In this case, it's a sword. Yeah, this is you, you're trying to find your way back to town because you took a fall after two cowardly kids tricked you or whatever. So yeah, and this is the mana sword. Yeah, it's just stuck in the middle of a, a stream. And uh, yeah. pretty crappy, too, because it turns out that once this mana sword is pulled from its spot, it unleashes uh, monsters across the land. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing protecting it was some lily pads. <laughs> That's right. Well, there was a ghost that appears and tells you. Yeah, but doesn't but... the ghost tell you to pull it out? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that ghost isn't guarding this thing. I, he was waiting for you. Yes, because it turns out that you are, the, of course, the chosen one. You were supposed yeah. to take the sword out. And 
once you take the sword out and make your way to your village, you realize, oh, no, there are now monsters in this area that maybe didn't have as many before. That's right. Yeah, you'll fight some our aforementioned rabbits, which are little rabbit cute things. I don't know how to describe it. It's like them, a marshmallow they... blob of rabbit. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you have the first form of many types of flowers you will fight throughout the world that look just like a normal flower until you get too close. And then it will attack you. Yes, that's why I never trust flowers. I don't want to bet. But yeah, I think you'll see a mushroom out there too, little mushroom man. And maybe even a, a goblin or a bee. Those are the main enemies you're going to fight in this first chunk of the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's all about getting to that town that you are trying to find. Yes, your hometown of Potos. Yep, and apparently it's full of jerks. Uh, yeah, it sure seems that way. Because they are not happy that you took this uh, sword out. In fact, they blame you for all of the troubles that are going on. Yeah, even though uh, that uh, there's that cowardly kid there, they blame it all on you, even though they're the ones who drug you out there. Indeed. But before you can get too far into defending yourself, the earth opens up and you fall into a hole with that bratty kid and face your first boss, the mantis ant. Yeah, pretty cool looking insectoid humanoid with two big scythe-like arm or hands. And this is a boss battle that you cannot fail. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I never you, have. But <laughs> if you die, you are just revived instantly. Oh, cool. It's pretty simple. I think he has a couple special attacks, but mostly it's just hitting, you know, wait till your thing gets up to 100% and attack, you know? And what's interesting is any of the magics that the bosses use are ones that you yourself will one day get or already have. Yeah, that is cool. I like that. So it uses acid breath and gym missile on you. So be and you know these spells too. Once you get to learn what spirit they come from, can give you clues as to any elemental weaknesses the bosses might have. But this entire battle is just learning how to charge your sword, hitting it with max damage, and I don't know, learning how to move and fight. Yeah, pretty simple stuff. As you are fighting it, though, you are um, urged on by a knight, Sir Gemma. Yes, he is a, a traveler. And once you defeat it, he will tell you, hey, you've got the sword. I should help you or something. And it tells you you need to visit Sage Luca at the Water Palace, which is convenient because everyone in town has decided for the safety of the village, you are kicked out and never allowed to return. Yeah, jerks. They are a bunch of jerks. You get to take some gold and then you're on your way. Yeah. So and then this is a, a part where, you, you know, you're back out in the woods fighting some similar enemies as you as you kind of journey around. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if there are more than one ways to get here to the to the palace from where you're at. But this is where it really feels like the game starting to open up. You can move around a lot more. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you'll find your first cannon travel center here, which is the main way of traveling between large areas or long distances before you get that dragon. Yeah, I, most of the time, if I can walk there, I would try not to or I'd be like, kill those enemies. But if you're lazy, you can do it. You can't. Um, also, as you explore this area, you may find the house of a cat creature named Neko. Yes. Sadly, he has no wafers for you. No. He's, uh, he's okay. Uh, he generally tends to charge more than other, say, a store would for yes. items and stuff. But you can you can rest here, like at an inn. And, you know, you see him in a lot of out-of-the-way places as the game goes on. So it's kind of nice, if nothing else, in, as a place to save your game. Yes, and he is the only place you can buy those barrels from. Oh, sure, yeah. And I think early in the game, he might be the only place to get the fairy walnuts from also. Uh, maybe. I, I believe it. Well, good, because I'm only half certain. <laughs> 
Now, once you make it to the Water Palace, uh, you find some soldiers. One of them is named Dyluck. He is the leader. They are from Pandora, not an ominously named place at all. No, no. They are looking for the witch. And after you talk to them, they just uh, leave. They go to the woods. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, on your way here, you might have stumbled across the entrance to Pandora, but that you would not be let in yet. No, I believe. But what you really need to do is go into that water palace and talk to the sage. Yeah. And hey, water palace looks pretty cool. All the water, as you mentioned, looks great in this game. So this palace is no exception. Uh, There are a bunch of weird little switches you have to step on to create platforms for you to walk across, or should I say stairs? Yeah. And it is weird that of all the wonderful animations that are in this game, you do look really goofy when you go up and down stairs. Yeah. It looks like you're kind of skipping. Mm-hmm. Well, once you um, find the sage whose name is Luca, turns out she doesn't live on the seventh floor. It's in this, <laughs> this, this water is, palace. This part, um, I'll never forget. This always stuck with me where she says, where she's like, the water brings me tales from all over the world. And I love that, man. As a kid, I was like, man, if you could talk to water, you'd know everything. And I'll stand behind that. That's, that's some real wisdom right there. Uh, the oh, wisdom yeah. she drops on you, though, is that you do have the mana sword. It's just all crummy right now. It needs to be reforged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and, you did get a sword orb from the mantis ant. Yes. And she lets you know that it's only the dwarves that can can fix the sword and, I guess, do their special orb orb magic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jenna says he's going to go to Pandora and, you know, maybe we'll meet up some other place. Indeed. She gives and, you a spear. Hot dog. And I think this is when you get to touch the seed for the first time uh yeah because every time you find a palace you're supposed to be uh tapping into the power of the seed that each palace has and that's what allows you to level up your magic one more notch yes um she also lets you know that there are eight palaces out there and as you can imagine you'll be visiting them all throughout the game a busy man with busy plans now on your way to pandora turns out you are not an amazing knight you are just the still that lame child that found the sword because you are kidnapped that's right well this doesn't always happen though oh really yeah i i remember this happening from before but it did not happen to me okay i i was trying to get it to her i was like no 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 there's goblins here <laughs> like i kept yeah. walking but i never got kidnapped well i don't know what happens when you don't get kidnapped but if you are kidnapped goblins put you in a large pot and try to cook you yeah uh but luckily you are saved by some lady from pandora Ooh. What happens if you don't get thrown in the pot? You just go to Pandora? Yeah, yeah you just keep going and uh, nothing. Yeah, no biggie. I, I didn't meet the... In fact, this is something too. I, I don't know about you, but I did. I got the Sprite first. What? Yeah. So like... I didn't I, even know I, that was possible. Yeah, yeah. So again, this is something I remember being aware of at least the Goblin stuff when I played it before, where I was like, it doesn't always happen. So there's slightly different paths to take, you know, and... I thought the whole game would be like that, but not quite. Well, as we know, it was supposed to. But you do make your way to the village of Pandora. There, you can buy items. You can get a hair ribbon, a kung fu suit, or some wristbands, all things that will increase. Well, nothing for you in the hair ribbon or kung fu suit, but the wristband, I think, does uh, work for you. That's right. Uh, And really, it's just about learning what's going on in the world of Pandora and making your way to the palace or the castle. Yes, and this is where uh, you can recruit the girl which i did uh she turns out she is a princess right i think yeah she's some sort of uh no she wants to marry dialuk but her parents won't hear of it correct uh you let her know that dialuk has gone to fight the witch 
So she's ready to head out and help you find him. Yeah, I'm trying to, I don't even know if I talked to her here. I thought I remembered seeing her run out of the room, you know? Well, uh, you are told by her father or whoever that you need to go to Gaia's navel. Yeah. And once you get her, you get the spike knuckle. Yeah, pretty cool. It is. I use it twice. <laughs> and it never again. Uh, that, that's a good one to put the computer on to use because it looks cool, but it's too short for me to aim. Well, you know me. I put all of my characters on attack and stay away. That's generally, yeah. It's a good one. And because of that, I want them to have a long-ranged weapon. So once you know where you're going, you can make your way to Gaia's Naval. And if you haven't figured it out by now, Gaia's Naval is, of course, a cave. That's right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a cave down in like a, a valley. And it's a spiral path to get to it. Yeah. So... One you will be very familiar with. You know, there is some wandering through some woods first to get here. But once you do, you just kind of make your way all the way down. In fact, there's I think there's a village you can stop by on the way here that you don't have to. Mm -hmm. But once you get to the mouth of the cave, that's when you're faced with a couple decisions based on what you've done. Oh, yes, that's true. Uh, if you have not found her, you just can go straight into that cave. Oh, yes, because, yeah, if she she won't join you in the cave, she'll insist you come with her or something to try to find Dyluck. Correct. And if you say, OK, I will go with you. Once you make it to the forest, she'll realize that you need an axe and must return to the cave, Gaia's navel, because the dwarves have axes. Uh, I did not go with her, so she left my party, and I went into the cave alone. Okay. And the cave is an interesting place. You will find bats inside. Bats. I think a few goblins, too. Perhaps a few goblins. You are correct. And your first encounter with the slimes. Yeah, the, the slimes are pretty rough because they constantly multiply. They are almost impossible to destroy. I, man... They may take a couple minutes, but I'll never stop until they're all dead. And I will say, I don't know if it's true, but I feel like they're a decent place to get experience. Yeah, I, I, it seems that way, you know? I'm going to continue to believe it because if I don't, I wasted a ton of time. No, I, yeah, I always went after them because I was like, I can't pass this up. <laughs> because you do get experience for each slime that you kill, even if it's a, you know, part of one that is split off. Yeah, yeah. And... This whole cave system is your introduction to how a lot of areas are going to work out where, you know, there's a path you can go to and then you find a dead end. But when you go to a branch of that, you'll find a switch or a plate to step on that will mm -hmm. create a noise in some other part. You hear a rock slide or a lever move. Then when you go back to an area that you couldn't get through before, a door has opened or, you know, an entire area is leveled down or moved up to let you cross. Yeah. Uh, you will find the magic rope in this area, and it is extremely useful. Absolutely. You need to have that. That, just like in every game, lets you return to the beginning of a dungeon. And like we said before, it is not consumable, so you can use it as much as you want. Indeed, yeah. But before too long, you will find yourself in the dwarf village. Yes, the dwarves, uh, they remind me a lot of the dwarves in Final Fantasy. Well, 2 US or 4, you know. Which they I have think the this game was originally going to be a spinoff of that game, so I can see where a lot of that carried over. I, I can see. I always I think of them immediately when I see it. Even the music here kind of reminds me of them. The This could be music. one of my favorite tracks from the game is the Dwarven Village song. Right on. But here you'll find, first you'll find a blacksmith, or maybe not first, but one of the things you'll find is a blacksmith named Watts, who he will forge up your weapons. Not for free, though. No, no, no. Uh, it starts off at like 100 gold, but it will increase per level. Indeed. And it is beyond worth it, though, for the weapons you do use. It's a 
the only way your weapons themselves get stronger. Yes, yes. But he's not the only member of this town. There is an item shop where you can buy some upgrades for you and your party if you have one, which you don't uh, at this point. <laughs> uh, but you do need to make your way to all of the places because the main thing you do here is find this weird show. Yeah, it's, um, it's I mean, an oddity show. I don't know. They still say freak show or that's the way it, it, it's kind of talked about. Yes. Where they're like, you can see a rabbi man, and then it just shows a rabbi and a man. And then it's actually pretty funny because your guy gets mad and starts yelling. And he's like, hey, keep it down. Yes. Eventually, you will see a sprite that comes out, a creature that is not a human nor a dwarf. That's right. Then they hit you up for some more money that you can't refuse. But if you leave, there's a door next to it that you can kind of loop around and you'll see them talking about haha, laughing at you. Yeah, how they and, duped you. But if yes. you talk to them, they will return the money. Yeah, and then you're good. But as soon as you leave, there is a boss. Yes. It's uh, outside in the southern part of this like dwarven cave village. You'll see it's a big kind of fruit plant thing called Tropicalo. Mm -hmm. And this can be a bit of a tough boss fight early in the game. Well, yeah, it can be weird because it's like he sh spits rocks at you, but there are also these little tentacles that come out of these mini plants that come after you and you can attack and kill those too but honestly i didn't really mess with it i just kept charging up and attacking the boss i found it very hard to get the timing right to not take a hit from this boss at least once when it would appear i could see that yeah and it's kind of weird because there are a bunch of stalagmites on the ground and it never appears somewhere you can just walk directly up to it. it's always a little out of your got to get it with just the tip of your sword. Mm -hmm. But all you can do here is swing and swing, and eventually you will destroy it. And when you do, you get a spear orb, which, you know, hey, get that bad boy forged right now, if you so choose. But I think then the elder dwarf says it came from below the underground palace, and you got to, he wants you to journey down there, and he suggests it would be safer with some allies. So this is where the sprite will join you. Yeah, he also points out that the mana may return its uh, memories because the sprite washed down here with a storm and has no memory of its past. That's right. Yes. Uh, he also gives you the bow and arrow set and the sprite has a boomerang. So at this point, you have a bunch of weapons. Yeah, pretty cool. And then if you go back to the good old Watts, he will give you an axe as well, which is important because you need it to break certain you know like we mentioned before stalagmites different things yeah and most importantly he opens up a shortcut yeah. from the mouth of guy's navel to his shop which is nice so you'll never have to go through that dungeon or you won't have to do it every time you go there no uh once you are done in the navel you realize you must go to the north yeah that's i, I think that was an elder say that the witch put the lava down there so you can't get through there Correct. Into the underground palace yet. So. I couldn't remember why. But really what you know you need to do is go find the third member of your party. Indeedy do. And she has followed Dialuk into the haunted forest, which is just to the, to the left via teleportation uh, of the water temple. That's right. And I went through this forest a zillion times because it's also a quick way of getting from one chunk of the map to the other. Well, that's true because it has an entrance. You know, you can go right by the water temple or if you go north of the... Gaia's navel. There's an entrance there too, right? Mm -hmm. And in here, you're going to find more bats, lots of goblins, um, this little ice stalk thing. Oh, yeah. That is equal parts creepy and cute. Yeah, yeah. I like that the goblins here are called chobin hoods. 
The Chobin, yeah. <laughs> I like these guys, too, can seem kind of tricky at first if you don't realize that there are often inside these like walls of brambles or flowers and there's always somewhere you can cut through to get to them if you know if you don't have the long range weapons out correct and as you make it through this area at some point you stumble upon the very girl that you met earlier or have never met i think depending on how you've played this game right or i guess you didn't meet her but uh she is being attacked by two spin kicking werewolves yeah so you just spin kick their butts a little bit yeah, they are not hard. No, uh, but hey, spoilers, I'll let you know. Later on in the game, there's some super deadly spin-kicking werewolves. So, <laughs> Yes, because uh, most of the bosses you're going to find do get a palette swap at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you know, that's, a, that's an RPG trope for many years. Indeed. Uh, once you defeat the werewolves, though, you now have the final member of your party joined, and the three of you can now kick some serious butt together yeah uh there are some weird teleporties that make take you around and through this uh haunted forest but i really love the look of the teleport glyph oh yeah it's cool man if you make your way through all of the haunted forest you will end up at the witch's castle that's right one thing i really like about the castles and palaces of this game is that when they are taken over by an enemy creature or evil force you do always have to go through like the courtyard or the front defenses or the walls. They're never just like a door and you're inside. They yeah, are more realistically cool. laid out. It's an interesting little just addition. It's a cool touch. Yeah. But this uh, castle, once you're inside, there are many different rooms to go in. And at first it may seem like there's just too much. You'll never find your way through. But most of the extra diversions are very short dead ends. Yeah, I wish there would have been some more treasure. I don't know. This, you know, this is the first part where it's like, oh, this starts uh, reminding me of RPGs. So, or even in Pandora, there are points where I was like, no, I got to check around. And I was like, no, you don't. There's no. not really much to find. <laughs> but, what you will find, though, at the basement of this castle are the soldiers that were with Dialek. Oh, yeah. Prisoners. Uh, they will also tell you how to get through the blocked area. And Neko's there, which lets you know that you're probably fairly close to a boss fight. Mm, yeah. As you keep going down too, one of the you do fight a lot of uh, possessed furniture, like these chairs and stuff. So, oh yeah, I, I like fighting those guys or girls. I, I I'm know. a big fan of fighting any possessed furniture, from <laughs> chairs to books to you name it. That's right. But as you make your way to what you think is the final area of this castle. You are beset upon by the boss, the spiky tiger. <laughs> uh, probably the hardest boss fight in the game, I thought. It is very hard because at this point, you really haven't had much time or chance to level up your characters. No, and you have no magic. You have no magic. And this thing has a few attacks. You know, it'll it'll bounce around. It can bite you. And when um, it bites you, it holds you in its mouth, does multiple points of damage, and then can leave you unconscious. And it has two little, like, tower areas that it can jump to, and you can't reach it up there. You can with the bow and arrow, but it's not yeah. that great. But it's, you know, and this thing casts, like, fire magic on you, and it, it's just, it's really kind of a cramped area, and the center third of the screen is the only place you can move. So it can be tough to not get everyone's butt kicked at once. No, I think we did this boss fight at least three three times. I could see I, I got close. I was using like all my items where I was like, ah, man, what did I do wrong? But if you do things correctly and defeat this boss, well, then you can find the witch Eleni herself. 
cowering in the corner of the next room. <laughs> she seems to have come back to her senses, and she... Because I think before, what has she said? She sent Diluc to Thanatos, right? Yes. Or in Pandora, or whatever. So you're like, all right, I rescued the other people, and now she's nice. She will renounce her use of magic, and she offers you treasure chests in return for your trouble. And that's where you find some gold and the whip. Yeah. And you will need that whip to make your way out of the forest through the shortcut. Yeah, you can use it now to cross a few gaps and you can teleport. Yep, straight to the water palace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Once you get there, Luca will heal you. Uh, Then she gives you your next quest, which is to visit a cave just east of the palace to help strengthen the water temple seal. Yeah. And I think we'll seal the deal on this (laughs) palace next week. Well, folks, as you can imagine, we are just one or two weeks into The Secret of Manuary, so next week's game will continue to be The Secret of Mana. Yes, it will. So if you haven't, you know there's a million ways to play this game. Find it, grab your controllers, and play along, friends. It's good stuff. That's right. And if you want to get a hold of us and let us know, something I meant to preface the first episode with is that I know it's really pronounced mana, but... I grew up in America and have never seen that word, and now I'm trying to unlearn 30 years of RPG pronunciation, so bear with me, folks. It could be worse. Your daughter could be constantly saying mania instead of mana. <laughs> I had a friend whose little brother, this is probably like eight at this point in time, so you know we're playing RPGs, and dexterity is a bit of a, a large word for a little kid, and he would always say dexteria. And it used to drive him mad. He would yell at him. I was like, dude, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's all right. I thought the spell was Curel for longer than I ever wanted to. <laughs> I wish but it was. I blame that on the Curel hand lotion that my mom had. Yeah. Or is it but, Cure One lotion? <laughs> you know, I kind of, maybe it was. Maybe I was wrong in two ways. <laughs> uh, you know, if there's a RPG word that you mispronounced for years and perhaps continue doing so as we do, let us know. But yeah. All of that and more at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. It's a great way uh, to get a hold of us. We'd like to hear from you. It is, but you'll probably get a hold of us at Cartridge Command on Facebook because that's where most people do, and we're cool with that too. We'll try to get back to you as soon as we can. Or you can uh, follow us on the Twitterverse at Cart Command. We've had a lot of love uh, shown to us lately. Really appreciate uh, some people throwing us out there as some of the best gaming podcasts you could be listening to. Super appreciate all those uh, likes and mentions and whatever it is. Mm, love it and of course we must go out of our way every week to thank those awesome folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command it is their financial support that makes this show possible indeed Uh, perhaps you don't give please consider doing so we appreciate any amount even a dollar would help in ways that you can't imagine uh you know things from hosting fees to equipment to you name it so for those that do give thank you so much and those that are about to give thank you as well And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! As always, Cartridge Commandos, Salamando! Salamando! (laughs) I'm gonna have to start saying that instead of salute. If I ever took shots or... (laughs) Right. To Salamando. Salamando.
That's B's favorite. She thinks he's the cutest. Oh, yeah? All yeah. Right. He is. Yeah, I can see that. A little chibi dude. Yeah. Would be Did you say her email yet? No. Okay. Do that. Okay. A wheel. Then do it. <laughs> what, like right now? Yeah, say let us know at our email address. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you said, did I see our email? No, did you say our email address? Like, no. yet? Oh, 